Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee, and today I have the pleasure to be speaking with Bill Sells, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Public Affairs for the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. Mr. Sells, who joined the trade group in 2005, has over 30 years of experience in national politics. In his role at the SFIA, Mr. Sells oversees the trade organization's public policy efforts at the federal and state level, and he has four priorities promoting improved health through increased physical fitness, reducing the costs of getting products to market, ensuring reasonable regulation of sports and fitness products, protecting the intellectual property rights of sports and fitness manufacturers. Uh, Good morning, Bill. I know we have a brief time and a lot to cover, so let's get started. Uh, Thank you. Good to be here, Bob. First, let's start off. uh, Can you address the current climate in, in the nation's capital as it relates to proposed tariffs on Chinese imports? and how it might affect companies within the sporting industry and consumers. Secondly, any chance that these do not come to fruition? And if these new tariffs are implemented, when can you as consumers expect to pay more for certain sporting goods and outdoor products? Uh, sure. Then a little background here. First of all, the tariffs that we're talking about are, are something called Section 301 tariffs, and that's where the U.S. International Trade Commission conducted an investigation under Section 301 into China violations related to technology transfer, intellectual property, and innovation. When they found that there were violations, the response that the Trump administration decided on was to levy tariffs on Chinese imports, on Chinese-made products coming into the U.S. While that is a premise for these tariffs, I also believe that the president is also fulfilling a little bit of his campaign promise on reducing our trade deficit. So that's kind of the background as to why this is happening right now. Now, a little bit of the history of it. In April, they announced $50 billion they wanted in tariffs. They wanted $50 billion in tariffs. So they came out with tariffs on 1,300 product lines, tariff lines in the HTS code, the Harmonized Tariff Schedule code. Of those 1,300, July, early July, they put tariffs on 545 tariff lines, a 25% tariff, and it was total $34 billion. Currently, there's another $16 billion in tariffs pending, another, again, a 25% tariff on 114 tariff lines. That first foray into tariffs did not hit our industry very much, or at all, that we could find out directly, maybe some indirect impact, but no direct impact. Now, on Wednesday of last week, they announced another effort to raise an additional $200 billion, because this is what the uh, president asked the ITC to do. So they came back with a list of 6,000, over 6,000 tariff lines that they could slap a 10% tariff on. In those 6,000 lines, 14 tariff lines impact the sporting goods industry, gloves, and we're talking eight tariff lines, baseball gloves, softball gloves, batting gloves, ski gloves, and a really undefined glove for sports use. I, I think it might be like a rodeo glove or something like that, but I couldn't really tell by the description. Had to do a little more research on that. And the other uh, area they got hit were sports bags. Six tariff lines of sports bags also were caught up in this. As far as uh, how it's going to how it's going to impact consumers and, and their sporting goods companies, I do believe that uh, there's a good chance that we're going to work to get these tariffs these tariffs on these products exempted from the uh, the 10 percent tariff. I think some of the intent on the gloves was for fashion gloves. I don't think the intent may have been for baseball and softball gloves. So I think we have an opportunity to go after that. On the sports bags, uh, we'll have to find out a little more information. If they were going after fashion industry bags again, then we might be able to get the sports bags out as well. Uh, We had to find out what their intent was uh, of these tariffs. The last time they did this, 1,300 tariff lines, only 600 
and 60 or half of them got approved. So we have a good chance of getting our stuff out. We just have to make sure we do it the right way, and we'll be working with our members to make that happen. Follow-up to this, I understand there's a public comment period for the next month before a Washington, D.C. hearing on the tariff recommendations. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Can you provide more details on that? Sure. Well, first of all, if you want to testify, you would have to notify the ITC by July 27th. So roughly two weeks from today, you have to let the ITC know you're going to testify, and you have to give them a summary of your testimony. And then they will make a decision on whether you get the opportunity to testify or not. Usually they will grant it. If you don't want to testify, August 17th, you can submit written comments on the on the on the proposed tariffs. And then on August 20th to the 23rd, the ITC will hold a Section 301 hearing on the request for exclusions from the proposed tariffs, 10% tariffs. Uh, that is followed August 30th by a post-hearing rebuttal comment opportunity. And once that is done, then the ITC will make decisions and make a ruling on which tariffs they're going to implement and which ones they will not. Either way, Bill, on uh, new tariffs or not, do you expect more sporting good companies to shift their sourcing out of mainland China in 2019 and beyond? I know it takes some time to shift if you're going to. You know, I, I think there's, there's there's been a slow movement away from China. It's, it's not happening overnight. It's not happening quickly. But there are policies in place that definitely are you know, incentivized companies to, to look for other sourcing opportunities. We got the... Uh, generalized system of preferences program expanded last year to include sports bags and backpacks. So now if you make your bag in any one of 122 countries with developing economies, it enters the U.S. with zero tariff on it. If it's made in China, it enters the U.S. at a 17.6% tariff on it. So there's an incentive to move away from China just on a tariff front. But, it, you know, you still have to find sourcing. You, you, no matter where you go, you got to find the sourcing and you got to be able to get your products produced in the way that's the quality that you expect in a timely fashion. And that's the challenge. And then um, I want to ask next, Bill, uh, are, there, are there potentially new tariff concerns on the horizon? And if so, how should the sporting good manufacturers begin to prepare for them? Uh, if you'd asked me a year ago if we'd be in this position, I wouldn't have said yes. But, you know, if we continue down this path, what the president is trying to do, he is trying to force China to make concessions on intellectual property violations. One of the things that we work on is trying to protect our members' intellectual property. So while we support what he's trying to do on intellectual property, uh, you know, there, there might be other negotiating methods he could employ that would not involve increased tariffs and creating this kind of trade war. But this is the, uh, this is the, this is the course he's chosen, and, uh, you know, if he continues down this path and says, okay, you've given me $250 billion in tariffs and Chinese products, give me another $250 billion in tariffs and Chinese products, I think there's a very likely, it's very likely that apparel and footwear could get caught up if there's another $250 billion in tariffs are slapped on Chinese imports. Right now, we're not there yet. You know, Hopefully, we will find a way to solve this problem on the intellectual property side before the tariffs spreads any further. Uh, with NAFTA tabled at least until November, and I mean the North American uh, Free Trade Agreement, and, and perhaps longer tabled due to the new president in Mexico, what sourcing, supply, and tariff issues might be bubbling up in North America today and be of concern to the sporting goods, outdoor, and fitness industries? The, the Section 301 tariffs that we're talking about are the most immediate concern because if they continue down this path and there's more and more tariffs, the deeper they go into the Chinese marketplace looking for tariffs, the more likely it is that will find our members' products. But beyond that, um, I don't, you know, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, I know Trump pulled out of it as soon as he got in office, but he has uh, made 
comments to suggest there might be an opportunity to go back in there. And I think whether it's now or whether it's in the future, I do think having a trade agreement in Asia is, is going to happen at some point. So I, I think that's something that you should think about. The one good news is the uh, there's no port issues, uh, labor issues at the ports. Uh, we've had to deal with that for several years, but they reached an agreement in the East Coast and the West Coast was reached a year or so ago. So there will be no labor disruptions, and that's always a good thing for the industry. Bill, let's turn to uh, next. Uh, with the midterm elections four months away, you know what are SFIA's pressing matters before the current Congress, and is there likely to be any action on these matters uh, this year? And I heard, I actually heard this some exciting news this week, actually. Yes, the FIT Act. We've been working on the FIT Act for over 10 years, and it's uh, our way of trying to increase activity in America by allowing consumers to direct some of their pre-tax medical dollars towards physical activity expenses. I'm happy to report that yesterday the House Ways and Means Committee, the top congressional tax committee, approved the FIT Act by a vote of 28 to 7. It was the most bipartisan of all the bills they took up in the committee yesterday on HSA reform. Very proud of that fact. And the FIT Act has always been very bipartisan. We have 134 members of the House of Representatives, 135. We got a new one yesterday. And it's split pretty evenly uh, between Republicans and Democrats. And we're very proud of that fact. And it's always been something we've worked hard to maintain. And uh, we look forward to moving that bill through the House. It has uh, a few issues that we need to clean up, and we're, we're working on that as we as we go, as we speak right now. But uh, if we can get this through the House and over to the Senate uh, for the fall, uh, we think there's an opportunity to get the FIT Act passed this year, and we think this could be the uh, the, the biggest thing for uh, sports participation in America, probably since uh, Title IX, that we really do look at it as a, that big of a deal. Um, other things that we're just paying attention to, obviously, are the tariffs. And we can continue to watch action around uh, regulating a regulation of equipment and concussions, things of that nature. It's, it's just always kind of on the edges, and we just always have to be cautious and uh, paying attention to that. I wanted to ask you if you could address briefly, you know, what are the top three SFIA priorities for the remainder of 18 and 19? Uh, maybe some of what you just talked about, but what are the top three well, priorities? The FIT Act and tariffs are, uh, are the top two. I also say we, we would like to see trade policies that, uh, you know, that are favorable towards the U.S., and, and towards our members' products specifically. And that comes on both sides of the pond. It could be U.S. policies towards our stuff coming in or other countries' policies towards uh, imports of our product. You know, th- those are the three. Like I said, the regulatory side, it's uh, always, you know, it's, a, it's an emotional issue. Concussions are an emotional issue. And when you have people talking about banning football uh, in certain states or youth football in certain states, we want kids to be safe. That Everyone does. But I think getting rid of... Uh, Banning a sport is a pretty extreme measure, and it has unintended consequences on the community when you do that. And so I think it's a decision that parents can make for their own children. The government should not be involved with that. And we're always going to be looking out for those kind of things. Thank you for your insights today, Mr. Sells. I've been speaking with Mr. Bill Sells from the Sports and Fitness Association um, outside Washington, D.C., and you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.